Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Coming to you live from the Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort Studio. Oaklawn, Arkansas's only casino resort. Now, here's Justin Eggery and Wes Moore on the Buzz Radio Network. 20% skill, 15% concentrated power of will. Coverage of SEC Media Days is presented by First Security Bank. Bank better at First Security. And brought to you in part by UAMS and Kaufman by Design West. I'm not going to get into all the dynamics in which we have, but Bobby takes it. He, he, he runs those rooms and does those rooms. We're all in there. I'm, but I'm in the offensive rooms. I'm in defensive rooms all the time as a head coach. You have to be because you get what's going on. But great respect. Like I say, Bobby's one of the best play callers, one of the best offensive minds in college football, has for a long time, and quarterback guys. So he and I have a great respect, great work ethic, and have it's been wonderful so far. And then I'm not going to get into – from a schematic standpoint of what's going on or that part of it, but this went very well and we're very blessed to have him. Uh-huh. Hey, welcome in on a terrific Tuesday. Justin Acre on the road in Conway today at Centennial Valley Country Club, and we are here for the genesis of Conway uh, Arkansas Open, and we are really excited to be out here today. It's the Central Arkansas Open, excuse me, but uh, excited to be out here today. And we're going to talk to some uh, professional golfers on the Women's All Pro Tour today, and we're going to be talking a little bit about what's happening here and obviously what's going on over in Nashville. And uh, we were talking at length yesterday about the dynamic, Christian, between Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher. And I'm not going to say there's already trouble in paradise, but the fact that he is a little um, bristly about it, I think does not bode well for the future of them together. And we're going to talk to the guys down there in a second. But I love it, frankly. That makes me happy. And I hope that there is some uh, pushing and pulling and tugging back and forth there through the season. Uh, I think we all like drama, and this just has drama written all over it. really does. Two very strong um, personalities. And you've got a guy in Jimbo that I don't know if he felt like he needed help or not, but whether this was forced upon him or it's something he actually sought out on his own, it is going to be amazing to watch play out. Hopefully it is not to Arkansas's detriment. So. When was the last time Bobby Petrino was an assistant coach? It, it's That's been a, a long time, right? Oh, a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure there are some dynamics that have been talked about. And you know, Again, I think it's one thing... You know, it's interesting because they said... You know, I can't remember exactly how the question was posed. We can bring Trey in, who's down at, uh, at Media Days. And uh, but Trey was I was reading it. It may have been in the, again. They got I know they talked to you guys. They talked to the TV guys separately. Maybe the print guys have their time too. But mm-hmm. there was something about um, you know basically an intense moment or what do you do when there's an intense moment? He's like that's that's locker rooms or something like that and try to blow it off. But honestly, like that couldn't have gone a whole lot worse from what I was anticipating. No, I think you're exactly right. And and there are three. I mean, there are so many different rooms down here that some things come out of one room and and we don't have access to it and. Um, or we do get access to something that comes out of another room. But you're right, and uh, he did kind of blow up there about the fact, well, that's locker room talk. How many of y'all have been in a, in a, in a, or in, in a meeting room? How many of y'all have been in a meeting room where, you, you know, you get mad at, at someone else or something? And, and that's where that came up. But I'm, I'm with Christian. I mean, you like drama, and I think that that is going to be high drama if it doesn't get off to a good start at the beginning of the season for Texas A&M this year. Yeah, I like how he said basically he didn't want to talk about it and wasn't mm-hmm. going to get into it and then had to get into it. I mean, it's going to be fast all the time. And my thing is, too, what, what got me was, Trey, they asked, we all want to know who's calling the plays, and he didn't want to right. talk about it. He, he says volatile. This was the quote. Volatile, why would it be a volatile situation? Have you ever been in a staff room that wasn't volatile? So he says in one one. <laughs> Second, he says, why would it be volatile? And then he says, have you ever been in a staff room that wasn't? Well, make up your mind, bro. And then they were asking about the play calling, and he didn't want to talk about it. Like, who's going to call the plays or how it's going to work? What's the dynamic like? I mean, you had to anticipate those were going to be questions you were going to have to field at media days. Of course, and he's going to have to field them at Texas A&M after games if it doesn't go well. Who called Who called that play? Or did you give Bobby the, the, the okay for that play? Or is that a play that you called? He's going to get asked those questions, I would think, after every game. And uh, the last time Bobby was an offensive coordinator, Auburn, under Tommy Tuberville. And that was how long ago, Trey? Oh, gosh. 2002, I looked it up. Yeah, there okay. you go. So 21 years? 
Yeah, this should yeah. go great. No doubt. <laughs> uh, what else stood out about yesterday? We've got some sound from Coach Kelly and Coach Drinkwitz and actually some uh, some from Hendon Hooker as well. Even though Tennessee hasn't spoken yet, I'm not sure where this came from, but Hendon Hooker was asked about uh, Josh Heupel, so we'll get some of that as well. But uh, what, what else was the kind of the headlines yesterday? Well, uh, Drinkwitz was asked a question about uh, the, the shots that Sonny Dykes took at the University of Missouri in their football program, not really doing anything in the SEC. And uh, Drink, of course, not under his head coaching uh, time at the University of Missouri, but a former head coach, Gary Pinkle, that Missouri did go to the SEC championship game in back-to-back years, and he had to make sure that Sonny Dykes remembered that or he might have missed it. But... Uh, uh, other than that, not really a whole lot. Not many fireworks yesterday. And today yeah. with Kirby Smart here, maybe you start to get that Hugh Freeze is this afternoon. So mm-hmm. I, I think maybe today you, you have some more fireworks out of SEC football media days. Well, let's hear from Drakewitz on the Sonny Dykes comments. Well, when he was in Cal, he must not have realized that Missouri played in the SEC championship in 13 and 14. I don't know if he just blacked out those memories or what, but uh, I appreciate Sonny. I don't I don't have any issue with that comment, but obviously the, uh, Coach Pinkle in his first two years, I, I just want to correct the record, in his first two years played in two SEC championship games. So, uh, But other than that, I mean, uh, I, I think this day and age in college football, calling people out for transferring, uh, whether it's transferring jobs as coaches or transferring schools or whatever is kind of ridiculous. Like, we are uh, – I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop, cause I'm going to stop. So, SEC, they played in the – just as a point of clarification for Coach Dykes, Missouri played in the SEC championship in 2013 and 2014. <laughs> It's a, weird, it's a weird back and forth. I wouldn't have expected yeah. those two to be talking about each other, but okay. Um, one of the one of the keys on the the situation in A&M is going to be who's going to be playing quarterback, and that was one thing that Jimbo was asked about yesterday as well. It talked about the competition there, and I'm sure Bobby Petrino will do as fine a job as anybody will with whoever ends up winning the job. He talked about how the competition was coming along. That's what you want in practice. You want tremendous competition in your players. The guys have to perform every day in practice to stay on the field because they're creating practice habits, which now allow them to create game habits and, and can perform under pressure. And all your great players, you want, you want that depth. You want to be able to know that you know, if I slip up a day, I can take my job. That's great to have because it keeps you on your toes and what you have to do. And I think the great teams, the great teams, best teams I've ever been a part of, we had team, our best weren't the games; it was practice, the competition within each position, the competition against offense and defense, and I think that is critical. And I think this is one of the time I think we have that right now in our in our organization. Okay, well we'll, we'll find out about that. So LSU, I mean, we kind of buried the lead. LSU is the most relevant team that appeared yesterday, right? I mean, they're a team that's going to have a mm-hmm. legitimate shot to win the SEC this year, right, Trey? I think so, and I think they'll get some first place votes as well in the West uh, to win it. Will they get? A, a vote to win the entire league. There might be one or two uh, when that comes out on Friday, but I definitely think that there will be some people uh, here, media members, that will vote LSU to win the West. Do you think that they will be picked ahead of Alabama to win the West? Or do you think Alabama will be picked ahead of them? Yeah, I think when it's all said and done that Alabama will still be predicted to win the SEC West, but I, I do think LSU is probably right behind them at two. Okay. Who, who is the fourth best team in the SEC? I think the That's clear top question. three are LSU, Alabama, and Georgia. But No question. Tennessee. Okay. I think Tennessee. Yeah. With their weapons that they have offensively. Sure. Yeah, I think we'll Tennessee. It's probably true. Well, let's hear from Ryan hey, Kelly. Hey, Tennessee, Tennessee, yeah, might make, Tennessee might be one of the teams that, let's say, their only losses to Georgia this year, hypothetically, if they lost to Georgia, let's say they beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa in that rivalry game, and let's say their only loss is to Georgia. Georgia goes undefeated. Could Tennessee slip in to the college football playoff? Hmm. It's a good question. Um, let's hear from Brian Kelly, talk about LSU a little bit. And he spoke yesterday about a number of things, including expectations for the coming season. 
Well, you know, I think it's natural into year two um, that you have higher expectations. So um, they know that this football team has improved. Um, we took over a team that had 39 scholarships and we got to the SEC West Championship. Now, that's not enough. Uh, that's not the standard at LSU. But that next step is getting to the playoffs and giving this team an opportunity to win a championship. So um, I like the expectation. That's why I came down here from the very beginning. Uh, it was to be challenged by the best, and I believe that the best is in the SEC. There's no argument there, I don't think. Um, more from Brian Kelly on LSU and trying to win championships and as well as building off their win over Alabama. Obviously, it's been try 17 years now since Arkansas has knocked off Alabama. Mm-hmm. LSU, of course, coming off a dramatic victory. That might have been the game of the year last year. We had a couple of games that weren't very dramatic in the playoffs, but that was one of the better games of the year for sure last year. And then, of course, Arkansas did play LSU extremely close. I know that was something that came up yesterday at Media Days as well with some of the players. Uh, but here's more from Brian Kelly from yesterday. Alabama and Georgia are the benchmark for what we're looking for. And, and what is that in particular? It's consistency and performance year in, year out. We did it one time. So we're not in that conversation at this point. So um, what we're hoping that it catapults us to is a more consistent football program that is competing for championships year in and year out. We don't want any dips in our programs at all. Um, and, and I think when, when you look at it from a tangible standpoint, what it did for us is it helps us in recruiting that we don't have to paint a narrative that, that's not true. In other words, we can say, look, we're going to compete with Alabama. Um, we're, we're going to be able to beat Alabama. It's not a fantasy. It's a reality. And so there is some tangible evidence there that you can use in recruiting. But the rest of it is really about it giving you momentum for consistency in performance. Well, there you go. Um, I don't think they're going to shy away from any kind of expectations. They should absolutely be in the conversation to potentially win the whole thing. So we'll see what kind of performance they get. And where do you, where do you think Arkansas ends up, Trey? And we'll probably ask this again later in the week. Yeah, I just, it, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the schedule right now. And September 23rd at LSU, you're going to find out a lot about the team then. Mm-hmm. But the stretch of LSU, Texas A&M and Arlington, at Ole Miss, at Alabama, and then Mississippi State and Fable. That stretch right there is going to define this season for the Razorbacks. Can they go two and three in that stretch? I think then they're going to have a very a, a successful year and maybe get to eight eight wins, maybe even nine wins, um, because you finish at Florida, Auburn, FIU, Missouri. But if if they only win one of those games, then mm, it, it's going to be a struggle. Christian, we have the results of our uh, who's the who does the coach you hate the most in the SEC poll yesterday. That was our question of the day. Drinkwitz was out to an early lead. I don't know how it ended up. Surely he won. Um, yeah, uh, Drink won that. It was fifty-eight percent. Him, Jimbo got twenty-nine percent. Lane Kiffin got eight percent, and Nick Saban got five percent of the vote there. Wow. All right, question today is, who do you think wins the West this coming season? Bama, LSU, Arkansas, or other? Trey, you're not locked in by convention. What do you think? You like LSU or you like Bama? I, I, think, I think Nick Saban is still trying to put something together that's going to get another championship, and I think Alabama this year wins it. And, hmm. I, guys, looking at Tennessee's schedule, they open with Virginia at Nashville, then play Austin P. Florida in Gainesville, Texas, San Antonio in Knoxville. Jeff Trailer taking uh, the Roadrunners to mm-hmm. Knoxville, South Carolina. I I think I mean they've got A and M at home. They do go to Tuscaloosa. I think that's their toughest game before they get to Georgia, which is the the weekend before they play Vanderbilt to end the season. Yeah. They could win the. I mean they could only have one loss, like we said earlier, and maybe make it to the college football playoff. Could be could be. Tennessee won't appear until Thursday. Hendon Hooker, who is now with the Detroit Lions, spoke this week about uh, Josh Heupel and what makes his offense special. Because he lets the quarterback be a quarterback and, and have fun um, and, and play with freedom. Um, he puts the trust in you and he knows that your preparation is going to is going to have you ready for the game time situations. Practice is ten times harder um, as far as situational work um, and and a lot of people talk about that, the game we drive against Alabama, but we were doing that almost every single day in practice. Imagine being backed up on the goal line and trying to 
um, go score the ball um, in practice, and then when we get in the game, it's ten times easier. That is the way it's supposed to work, right? So today, Trey, what's yeah. on tap today? We got uh, you got a, yeah. you got the high end and the low end to start to start <laughs> out of the gate today, huh? Yeah, early this morning, Vanderbilt Clark Lee has already been in the main media room. Kirby Smart's going to be there at the bottom of the hour, and then uh, Auburn and um, uh, Mississippi State today are up. And I, I think Alabama wins, Justin, uh, the the West this year. Obviously, a tough game with Texas in Week Two. That's in Tuscaloosa. But their tough games are in Tuscaloosa this year. Ole Miss is in Tuscaloosa. Arkansas, Tennessee's in Tuscaloosa. LSU's in Tuscaloosa. And Auburn is at Auburn. But uh, they play A&M at College Station. That might be their toughest road game of the season. I I guess at the end, the Iron Bowl throw all the records out because anything can happen. But I just don't see Auburn uh, this year under first-year head coach Hugh Freeze uh, being able to challenge Alabama. I don't think any of us have uh, very high expectations for Mississippi State. What do we know about uh, Zach Arnett? And I can't imagine the process of trying to rebuild after you know what they went through with Coach Leach. And you know, again, he's not only an iconic guy, but to lose him in the way they did—it's not like he left for another school. Right, got to be incredibly tough. Well, it is, and, and a lot of people are wondering if Will Rogers is going to be able to set the all-time SEC passing record. He's about uh, three thousand shy of uh, Aaron Murray from Georgia, and the question is, will the offense still resemble like an air raid attack that Mike Leach had there, or will it switch to more of a run game? Because when you think of Mississippi State, and I think of Mississippi State, I don't think of it as a passing passing team over its history. I think of them as having big, huge offensive linemen and running the football behind them. Well, the good news is uh, he's not he's not walking into a situation where there's a ton of expectations. So we'll see what uh, right. what they end up with. But I'm looking forward to hearing from him because I don't know much about him and certainly don't know much about what his approach will be. And obviously, Hugh Freeze will be uh, a, I would think a pretty uh, you know guy that'll get a lot of attention today as well. So uh, anything else going on down there today besides the the uh, coaches what? and the players speaking? Yeah, if, if, if you're a fan of country music, there's a concert tonight that is going to be televised on the SEC Network, and I believe ESPN2 as well. They have uh, blocked off parts of uh, uh, Broadway down around Bridgestone Arena. They've got a stage set up down there, so uh, around 6 o'clock, I think, is when all that stuff uh, starts, and I think the music begins at 7. It just means more, Trey. Who, um, who's playing? Do they, did they say? Uh, you would ask that question. <laughs> I, I forgot the name. <laughs> Hold on, hold on, Christian. I'm going to try and get it for you, but uh, yeah, um, I, I will. Uh, let's right here. It is a uh, Midland. Old Midland. Kick off on Broadway. A fan event on Lower <laughs> Broadway. SEC Nation begins at six, and then Midland concert begins at seven. Okay. Can't say I'm real familiar, and by real familiar, no, I mean not familiar either. at all. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure they're great. Uh, a couple things on the let go tray. Uh, another. Calipari is coming to the SEC. John's son, Brad, who's 26, has been hired over at Vanderbilt. So he'll be hanging out in Nashville. Yeah, pretty cool story. With Stack. Yep, working under Stackhouse. I thought Vandy was uh, surprisingly good last year. Of course, Arkansas took it on the chin from him over in Nashville last year. But um, kind of a cool deal, and the tradition continues of a guy who can uh, recruit really well and coach okay. We'll see what happens. Maybe he's got some skills his dad doesn't. Uh, also, this is not surprising probably to anybody who's been following the story. Eight former Northwestern players have uh, are planning, at least, to sue the university over hazing incidents during their time there. So it's only a matter of time, and I'm going to guess that that will swell beyond eight players before it's all said and done. Uh, I guess if you can grab some money, you might as well. It's a, certainly a good time to go after the university if you're a former player who felt like, felt like they were done wrong. And, you know, we sort of accept certain things that have gone on in locker rooms over the years. But, you know, with them, you know, reacting the way they did and the way things have gone down there the last few weeks, uh, not surprising, I suppose, a lot of guys have filed lawsuits here. No, and, and look, I, in today's world, it, it just, it's hard to believe that things like this happen, mm-hmm. but they, they, they are, and, and it's out there, and um I mean, you go back to the Penn State story, and you thought, okay, well, maybe because that story is now out, you won't have this happen again. But then here's this Northwestern story, and you know, Derek Gregg is under a lot of heat up yep. there in Chicago for uh, the way he's handled it, 
Um, obviously, it, it broke when he was out of town. Uh, I think he was on an, an, an international trip. Um, so he had to come back and, and deal with that, and now there's more, and apparently there's a, a female staffer that's involved, and it's just it's a mess. I miss that one. Well, I mean, there's going to be millions of dollars paid out potentially here, not only to mm-hmm. the players, but to Fitzgerald. So, I mean, he is. I mean, Greg's going to be in, in a tough spot, I would imagine. So we'll see what uh, plays out there. Yeah, but, I think, yeah, I think, yeah uh, Justin, I think uh, Baz uh, said something this morning about there was a that, that a story has come out that a female staffer on uh, the Northwestern football staff was involved in part of the uh, – the knew that it was going on, or might have witnessed it, or something like that. I, I, I'm not privy to the to the article; haven't seen it yet. But uh, Baz was saying something to that context. Not good. Um, nope. And then we've got the Open Championship this week. We're going to have Zach on from Oakland tomorrow to go through all the odds. And pretty good, pretty good uh, group here. Rory is going to play the first couple rounds with John Rahm and Justin Rose. So that'll be one of the premier groups as we talk about golf here today in Conway. We'll be certainly focused on what's happened over the Open Championship today i'm looking forward to it uh obviously you have to get up early to watch it but uh why not have a little uh coffee and breakfast and watch a little royal liverpool i may need something stronger than coffee it comes on usa at 3 a.m i saw that's yeah. not uh that's not morning that's the middle of the night so we'll make it work it is. But yeah i love the open championship it'd be fun maybe i'll just record it and watch it when i get up but anyway buddy we'll let you get to it appreciate the time again busy day down at sec media days and uh, certainly appreciative of our great sponsors as well, First Security Bank and Coffin by Design West, UAMS Health. And you guys keep up the good work, Trey, and we'll maybe check in with you all in the final hour today after we get some of these coaches speaking to the folks in the media. All right, sounds good. All right, very good. All right, we're going to take a break here real quick here in Conway. We are at Centennial Valley, the genesis of Conway Central Arkansas Open this week is going on up here. We'll get you some details on how you can be a part of it if you're interested in watching some uh, promising golfers who uh, certainly could be on the LPGA Tour in the not-too-distant future. We'll tell you more about the Women's All-Pro Tour as well. So stick around. It's 1027. We're back here after this in the zone on the Buzz Radio Network. Listen each Monday when Morning Mayhem's Justin Moore tests your Razorback knowledge with Razorback Trivia, presented by Capital Smokehouse and Grill, downtown Little Rock's go-to on spot. We got a big announcement from SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey to kick off Media Days in Nashville this week. Sankey announced that the 2024 Media Days will be held in Dallas, Texas at the Omni Hotel from July 15th through July 18th. It'll be the first year that Texas and Oklahoma are members of the Southeastern Conference. The SEC joins the Big 12, AAC, and CUSA as conferences holding their Media Days in Dallas next year. In NFL news, three players remain unsigned after Monday's deadline to sign franchise tag players to longer-term contracts. New York Giants' Saquon Barkley, the Las Vegas Raiders' Josh Jacobs, and Dallas Cowboys running back Tony Pollard all did not get extensions. Pollard did sign his tenure worth just over $10 million. Barkley and Jacobs remain completely unsigned. I'm Josh Neighbors for the Buzz Radio Network. Honey, let's pull in here and look at some cars. That sounds good. What brings you down to Bryant? Hey, here's my car. What are we looking for today? Here's my car. Come Want inside. to take a test drive? Ever pull into a dealership and feel like you're in a feeding frenzy on Shark Week? It's not that way at Watney Buick GMC next to Sam's in North Little Rock. Watney's sales team is big on product knowledge and low on pressure. Summer's here, and with 2023 Sierra at just 0.9%, you're going to need a bigger boat. Double down with an additional $12.50 off with eligible trade. Plus, take a bite out of your vacation budget with no payments for the rest of the summer. This dealership really feels like we're on Shark Week. Yeah, and we don't have a shark cage. We're headed to Guatney Buick GMC. Guatney Buick GMC, 5700 Landers Road in North Little Rock. Call 501-945-4444. Guatney Buick GMC.com. GMC, we are professional grade. All offers with approved credit. This is Pat Bradley for Brewskies. Sometimes you just got to have some wings. 
And with buffalo, barbecue, teriyaki, Cajun buffalo, lemon honey, garlic parmesan, mango habanero, lemon pepper, pineapple habanero, honey hot, and brewskis reaper, you know where to find them. Brewskis, you're home for lunch, happy hour, and late night. It's Taco Tuesday at Brewski's. $1.50 street tacos, $5 signature 22-ounce margaritas, $3 Jose shots, and trivia at 7 p.m. Taco Tuesday at Brewski's. The Sunken Land Songwriting Circle features three world-class songwriters sharing the stage for an evening of music and storytelling. Roseanne Cash will host the event and will be joined by Rodney Crowell, Sarah Jaros, and John Leventhal. This benefit concert will be held on August 12th at the Fowler Center in Jonesboro. All proceeds benefit the ongoing upkeep and operation of the Johnny Cash Boyhood Home. Tickets are available at Ticketmaster.com. This ad paid for with a combination of state and regional association funds. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Wes Moore, and a lot of people are taking a little summer vacation, a little road trip these days. you got to make sure your car is ready for that road trip. You don't want to have a blowout on your vacation. That's not a great way to start things off. It's dangerous for you, other passengers, and other people on the road. So make sure you have good tires. Go buy Big O Tires in Cabot and Conway. They have a great selection of tires. All the name brand tires. Plus, of course, they have the Big O Tire. And right now, at Big O Tires, $100 off select set of tires. And don't forget, Big O Tires does much more than just tires. So before you head out on that vacation this summer, swing on by Big O Tires and make sure your car is ready to go. Brakes, yep, they do that. Alignments, heck yeah, they'll take care of that too. Mechanics there, ready to take a look at your car. It's Big O Tires in Cabot on Prospect Court in front of Kroger. And Conway, it's on Hark Rider. Big O Tires, the team we trust. You're listening to The Zone with Justin Acre and Westmore in the Oakland Racing Casino Resort Studio on the Buzz Radio Network. Came back for the win. Lot of new money in my head. Go on, tell a friend, tell a Heard it was sleeping again, saying no more. This is a rude awakening, kicking the door. Back and I'm better than ever before. Don't get in the second, I'm ready for war. All right, welcome back. Oh boy, what is happening? Goodness, that's weird. Um, we are here in, in Conway. That headset didn't sound very good. I should have checked that. Oh, it's on high, no wonder. Um, we are here at Centennial Valley Country Club. For the Women's All-Pro Tour, which is getting underway tomorrow. The players are out here, and I know we had a Pro-Am today. Is that right? Yeah, we have a Pro-Am today. We had an 8 a.m. shotgun, and then we're going to have another one at 1 p.m., so full day of golf. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, Cody DeSerrano is joining us. He is the tournament director and is with the uh, Women's All-Pro Tour and the All-Pro Tour. You guys are based over in Texas. Just tell me a little more about the tour for those who are not familiar. Yeah, so we're basically the third level of professional golf. the LPGA, obviously, and underneath that is the Epson Tour, and our tour runs underneath the Epson, and we have exemptions each week to a Epson event in the future, so the top two finishers from our events uh, get exemptions into that next Epson Tour event. Okay, so yep. it's week by week they do that? Yep. Okay, gotcha. And then we have an overall year-long points race, and those folks, the top five, get exempt in the second stage of qualifying school, so okay. something big, too. Okay, yep. So where does that all that go down? I, don't, so, I guess I don't know. We haven't talked about qualifying school in so long. Yeah, so qualifying school, three stages. Um, stage one takes place out in Palm Springs uh, in the middle of August, so it's 120 degrees in right. the desert. Um, and that's about 390, uh, about 400 players. They cut down and go to second stage, which I believe is in uh, Alabama this year. And then qualifying, or Q series is what they call it for LPGA, is, is at... Uh, LPGA's course out there in uh, Daytona. Okay. Yep. So uh, the the background of the tour, you were talking about the men's tour. You guys started in '94. When did the women's tour start? 2019. So so pretty recently. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, tell me about the level of golf that people if they come out. By the way, it should be pointed out it's free to come out here. They start at 7:30 tomorrow morning uh, with their rounds, and you can I guess walk the course and you can basically you know get out here and see some great golf for no charge. Yeah, absolutely. Just uh, walking. Walking cart paths uh, outside the ropes and, and seeing some some of the new hopefuls of the LPGA. Yeah, and you've got some success sto- success stories on both sides, right? Both the men's and the women's tours. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, on the women's side specifically, we got uh, 
first-year winner on the LPGA, Grace Kim. She played here two years, three years ago as an AM, and uh, you know now she's now she's on the big screen and, and winning events on the LPGA. So that's awesome. Uh, and our men's tours had great success. We've had players from. Uh, all the way back to the Ryan Palmer days uh, up to recently with uh, Scotty Scheffler and Will Zalatoris, folks like that, that a player to her. Okay. Yep. Yeah, well, Will is obviously sponsored by Simmons, so he's got some local connections there. Absolutely. He's been uh, on the morning show a few times, and, yeah, he's had great success, obviously. It's got to be very satisfying, I would think, for you guys to sort of help give an opportunity for these players to showcase their skills and then to be able to work their way up. And uh, you get to tell stories like you just did. Yeah, absolutely. That was that was really the goal when we first started in 2019. Um, we actually started because one of the players um, from the All Pro Tour, the men's side, his girlfriend was caddying at the time, and she played. She had conditional status at what the time to- at the time was the Symmetra Tour, which is now Epson Tour. Okay. Um, and she approached us and said, you know, you need you need something like this for the women because after qualifying school, if we don't make the cut there's nothing for us to play in until the next year of qualifying school so it's a full year off and that's hard to get your game in the right place so um we started a small contingent in 2018 as a as a women's division in our men's events and i think we had eight to nine players mm-hmm. uh, and then we decided to have a full launch in 2019 and started with about 30 and now we're up to i believe we have 95 this week and we have a collegiate series that we just started this year so it's it's just upwards for us it's what, been awesome what are the collegians playing for so they play for um points and wagger points which is uh the amateur golf ranking system right. um so we have a points race throughout the rest of the season and at our tour championship in two weeks time the points leader will get an exemption into an epson event as well so that's something big for collegiate series girls uh any any player in college uh to be able to go and see that that next level of golf is is something that that they're really looking forward to so good for just tuning in we're here in conway at centennial valley uh country club and it is the women's all pro tour and the genesis of conway central arkansas open which gets underway tomorrow uh, I don't know how much of this you want to reveal. I'm just curious about the business model and how you guys make this work. I'm assuming sponsorships are, are critical for the business model, but uh, is there entry fee for the players? I mean, how does that work? Yeah, absolutely. The, the local groups really help run this thing. They're, they're, the, they're the heart and soul of it, obviously. Uh, we do have entry fees, but those go directly back into the purse. So any, any money that we take in for entry fees are directly back into that purse level. So we have about 95 ladies this week, and we have a purse of about $55,000. So right back into their pockets uh, is what they what they take in. We don't take any of those entry fees. Do you all have a tour championship, or is there a, a big event at the end of the year? Yeah, so uh, two weeks from now, we are in Wichita, Kansas, at Rolling Hills Country Club, and that is a that is our official tour championship, um, $100,000 guaranteed purse, and $20,000 first prize. Okay, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And what's going on with the men's tour at this point? Just rocking and rolling. We got uh, every week's packed 156 guys. Um, you know, we're averaging about 27 to 30 thousand dollars for first prize, and um, you know, we couldn't be couldn't be happier with them. They're uh, it's been such a such an awesome thing to see all the pros come through us and, and make their way through the Corn Ferry Tour and up into the PGA. So everything's just rewarding to see all the opportunity that that that's in men's and women's golf, and and we hope that we can bring the type of opportunity that's there for the guys right now to the women's game too and and uh we'll just see where it goes well, you guys are coming up on 30 years how would you evaluate the health of golf generally as an industry and certainly as i'm um, for tournament golf i guess it's booming <laughs> there's a reason why uh qualifying school for uh for the men's tours is they have to have pre-qualifiers because there's about three thousand three thousand players every year that try to make it uh and obviously not that many can um so Golf is just booming ever since COVID. It's been growing even more. Sure. Um, people thought maybe it would go backwards, but it's actually just going forward. So uh, I think the game is in a good place, and we're just trying to get the women's level there too. Right. What, well, the Women's All Pro Tour, what's the schedule? How, how, what's your window of, of play? Yeah, we start play in March, and we go all the way to August. So yeah. we kind of play around uh, the Epson Tour schedule and then qualifying schools at the end of August. So we kind of get cap ended there for uh, for our season so that we have our points leaders that can go into second stage there. And what are you doing in the off season? <laughs> Schedule for the next year. There you go. <laughs> you, I mean, this is the, we were talking about the fourth year that you guys have been here at this event? Yep, fourth year here in Conway and uh, the fifth year of the tour. 
Okay. Yep. But I mean, do you do you guys just basically requeue the schedule, or do you are you mixing in new events every year and, and dropping some here and there depending on success? Yeah, absolutely. We we try to keep it fresh for the players, but we also try to keep the you know our our local groups uh, the same because we love the people here. We we love coming back to Conway. Um, you know the folks like Pete Tangway and April Worley who run this thing here. They're amazing. We love coming back, and they always put on a good show. And you know the community just revolves around it or just embraces it and. Um, all the ladies love coming back, so you know we try to keep try to keep as many uh, tournaments on our schedule as we can. But we always have new opportunities and and great new groups that we get to get to know too. So right. are the uh, how many events did you all have this year, or do you have scheduled this year? We have eleven this year. Okay. So, yep. And you, is it, you like that number? Is that good? That's a pretty good number. It gives enough time for the players to have some off weeks, uh, and and staff wise too. We're a pretty small uh, family-owned business, so it's you know we got five people on the road going tournament to tournament, uh, traveling circus as I like to call it. There you uh, go. <laughs> load up the trailer, go to the next spot. Sure. Um, but yeah, 11 is pretty good right now. If we can if we can get down into uh, starting our events in February or you know even early January in, in certain parts of the country, we'll, we'll certainly do that to extend the season, but that's usually a pretty good number. Talking to Cody DiSerano again, the uh, tournament director for this event here in Conway and for the Women's All-Pro Tour. Um, do you all have a relationship directly with, you, you talked about the Epson Tour and, and the fact that you know you got people going up and down, I guess, there. Is there any direct connection to the LPGA as a, as a tour that's underneath? Yeah, we're, uh, we're actually just a third-party partner with them. Um, our contracts and things are through, through the LPGA, so... Um, yeah, we we're really the only tour that's that's got a connection with the LPGA, and it's really exciting that they yeah. chose us to to partner with. But uh, we couldn't be happier with that partnership. Are there other tours besides the three that we talked about today? Um, there are some small what we call mini, mini tours, tours yeah. that are out there. Um, there's one on the uh, west coast, very small, and then one on the east coast that's very small as well. We're kind of that central location that. Uh, it's easy for people from California to get to, and it's easy for people from Florida to get to. So we're kind of that sweet spot in the middle that that it's it seemed to work really well for us. What as far as geography goes, like do you all play tournaments coast to coast, or do you are you kind of regionalized? We're pretty central. Um, I think the farthest we've gone or that we will go is um, probably Illinois next year, and maybe up into Cal- uh, Colorado. Um, we haven't ventured that far west yet, but uh, maybe some events in Florida coming soon and, and things like that. Gotcha. Do most of your players go on the road, stay on the road, or do they go back home for a few days in between, or what's typical? Usually they have some, some friends that stay, you know, that they're central, like Dallas or something, they'll go and stay with them. But, yeah, we try to give them enough time so they can at least go home a little while, go see their coaches, families, things sure. like that. So, But it's, it's you know, long. touring professionals, it's, it's, a, it's a grind. It, it is. is a grind. It's probably grind for you guys, too. Yep. Absolutely. Well, listen, I appreciate you having us up today, and uh, good luck with the event. I think it's really cool that uh, we're able to shed some light on it. I hope a lot of folks turn out. And What, what time are you guys welcoming people out here with the first tee at 7.30? Just whenever they want to show up, about 7 o'clock. Um, if you want to see some of the players start to warm up, um, come on out. Yeah. We love it. And you get, and your pro-am is today, is that right? Yep. So we, we kicked one off this morning at 8 a.m., and then we got another one here at 1. So gotcha. awesome. <laughs> busy day. Yeah, no doubt. Well, it's warm, but uh, it's certainly not... Uh, Palm Springs warm. No, no, absolutely not. So that's good. Well, Cody, this, listen, thanks for coming up again. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. You it's bet. Great. All right, quick break. We'll take it, and uh, we come back. We're going to talk to one of the players who's uh, from a uh, town just down the road in Hot Springs, and we'll visit with her about her hopes this week and her career so far. So stay tuned. We've got much more coming up here in Conway from the Women's All Pro Tour event here at Centennial Valley Country Club. To get wrecked, all respect to those who break their necks to keep their check and no they sweat a brother majorly, and I don't know why. Courtney Ballantyne here for The Butcher Shop. Hold up there. Everyone knows I've always been the paid spokesperson for The Butcher Shop, where you'll find me on most evenings enjoying one of their delicious charcoal grilled steaks. But Hope, I'm here to talk about their lunch specials every Tuesday through Friday from 11 to 2. Wait, what? The Butcher Shop is now open for lunch, too? Yeah, and they have a rotating meat selection every day, as well as everyone's favorite, Steak Burger Fridays on the last Friday of the month. What are we waiting for? Let's go to The Butcher Shop Steakhouse for lunch and dinner. My wife was the first to notice I was losing my hair. I thought, I am way too young for this. At QC Kinetics Hair Restoration, we see men and women of all ages struggling with hair loss. And for Nick, 
It began when he was just 32 years old. I didn't really think about it too much until last spring when I got sunburn on my scalp and, I don't know, it wasn't really that hot out. QC Kinetics uses regenerative treatments, all natural biologics to reignite hair growth without surgery. And the results are amazing. I felt like I was hopeful, right? But then after the first few treatments, I already started to notice a difference. It just felt real. So I was just more excited to continue the process. Real results without invasive surgery. And as for Nick's wife. She loves it. I got my hair back in my early 30s. I want to look my age and now I do. Schedule your free hair restoration consultation today with QC Kinetics. Call QC Kinetics 501-222-8440. That's 501-222-8440. 501-222-8440. Coming up on Out of Bounds Tuesday, SEC Media Days continues. We'll take a look back at what happened Monday and recap what happened with LSU, Missouri, and Texas A&M. And look forward to Tuesday hearing from Auburn, Georgia, Mississippi State, and Vandy. We'll have some special guests on from SEC Media Days. And it's a Trigger Tuesday. So we'll think about anything and everything bothering us in the world of sports. It's Out of Bounds on a Trigger Tuesday, live from SEC Media Days. Do you need Rainwater, Holton, Sexton? Anywhere in the state, dial 888-8888. It really is just that easy. If you've been injured and need help, it doesn't matter where in Arkansas you are. Just dial 888-8888. We'll come to you. I'm Mike Rainwater of Rainwater Holton Sexton. We have been thankfully serving Arkansans for years, and we appreciate the trust you've put in us. We work hard for you, Arkansas, each and every day. Anywhere in the state, dial 8. The FedEx St. Jude Championship returns to TPC Southwind, August 9th through the 13th. Don't miss your chance to witness the top 70 players from the PGA Tour season battle it out in the first event of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Only 50 players will make it through Memphis. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Daily grounds and upgraded ticket options are on sale now at FedExChampionship.com. You're listening to the dumbest radio show in America. Hey, Shots, it's actually after 10 a.m. now. My apologies. You're listening to the smartest radio show in America. The Zone with Justin Acri and Westmore is back. Centennial Valley Country Club. We'll get more into the uh, SEC Media Days as well. We appreciate you tuning in today. And we just talked to the tournament director here for the Women's All-Pro Tour. Really a cool history, cool story. And, uh, you know, again, I love that the tour guys are grinding just like the players are. And, you know, again, affording opportunities for people who have LPGA dreams or PGA dreams, like we talked about with Scotty Scheffler. You know, he mentioned Grace Kim from uh, the Women's All-Pro Tour earlier, who now is on the LPGA. Uh, Grayson Blunt has goals of ending up there as well. She's with us today. And playing in the event it's just your second women's all pro tour event yes so what's the level of expectation and uh excitement at this point are you anxious are you excited how you feel yeah i'm really excited i mean it's a great tour i'm really lucky to be able to be a part of it i mean there's a lot of great players out there and uh the level of competition is high so um you just got to go out there and play your best to win okay so you've seen a lot of golf and you have not been playing for a super long time which is crazy you didn't get yeah. in you're probably one of the latest people to get into golf that's playing professionally right uh yeah, probably uh in that group of yeah. later ones, yeah. You didn't I, pick up a club until sixteen? I had played a little like here and there, but no, when I was sixteen I was not playing at <laughs> this level for yeah. sure. 
What, what did you play other sports growing up? Yeah, I played basketball and I ran track. I was really into that. So yeah, and you went to Lakeside, you said. Yes. Right. Yes. And then started up here at UCA and then transferred down to Henderson State to finish your career. And yes. And you felt like you had coaches in Hot Springs still in, the, in that relationship. How, how did I guess kind of that move and what did you take from your time here in Conway other than you played this course a bunch? Yeah. And then also from Henderson. Uh, so being here for two years, it was great. I met a lot of amazing people. Um, it just wasn't like the best environment for me personally I knew I wanted to play professional and at that point was in two years with COVID I got three Mm -hmm. Um, so actually I went home uh, for COVID in 2020 when everyone went home and I decided that I need to transfer so I transferred to Henderson um, started working uh, with my coach in Hot Springs again and really got my game uh, back to the level it needed to be and I'm just hoping to get better every day from here on out. How'd you do in the GAC? How'd you, how'd you win a like, conference tournament? or how, Yeah, how'd you do? yeah. We, uh, my team, we won conference three times. We won regionals two times. We had two national appearances. We This year we um, actually went the furthest that Henderson State has ever gone. In nationals, we lost in the semifinal match, but I really believe we could have won it all. Yeah. Well, I, know, I think uh, Tex-Men won the national title a couple of years ago, right? I think Arkansas Tech, I think. Um, yes, yeah. for the men's. Yeah, for the men's yeah, side, the right. Yeah, the men's did, yeah. Yeah, so I guess the, I guess the women's competition is pretty good, too, in, in the GAC? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. They're um, definitely within our conference, the uh, biggest competition. Talking to Grayson Blunt, if you're just tuning in again, playing here on the WAPT at Centennial Valley this week. So in your opinion, what separates, because there are a lot of good golfers you played against in college that maybe don't have either the talent or the pro aspirations, what, what separates a good college player from, from somebody who's touring pro? Uh, you know, I feel like it's just the passion for the game and how bad you want to play at the highest level. You know, there's a lot of really good players out there that um, can make it up there, but it's all going to boil down to who wants it the most and who's willing to put in the time, the effort, the money, make the sacrifices. You know, it's the lifestyle is definitely a grind and it can be really tough at times, but um, there's a lot of victory and uh, pleasure in like succeeding and stuff too. So I really think there's a bunch of great players out there um, in Division One and Division Two golf as well. Uh, but I think it really boils down to who's willing to like do what it takes to get to that level. Sure. And in your mind, what separates this tour, players on the WAPT or even the Epson tour, from the players on the LPGA? You know, a lot of times I think it's opportunity. Um, I think it's amazing that the WAPT, they set up the course really difficult to help us get ready to play at that next level you know everyone here wants to be on the LPGA one day and so I think the WABT has done a great job at like helping us prepare and get to that level so yeah so what do you think it'll take to win out here oh I don't know Um, what's your best round out here at Centennial out here at Centennial I've shot 66 okay yeah is that gonna be tough to do with the way they've got it set up this week you think um, it's doable. Like it's definitely out there, uh, but gonna have to play some good golf. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I have. Uh, don't do what I do when I come in. I dunk a lot <laughs> in the uh, pond on that first par three. The par fives are gettable. That's one thing I like about this course is you can reach. I mean, and I'm not a long player and I'm mm-hmm. not very good either, but the par fives are reachable. And for you guys, I mean, is that the case too? Some of them. I mean, they've got the course set up pretty long okay. to really um, match the distances for like um, tournaments that they play on the LPGA. So yeah. some of them are reachable, some of them aren't. You definitely have to hit it a long way to get there in two, that's for sure. Yeah. So with you being close to home, will you have uh, family members, friends up here supporting you? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see some family and friends come out and yeah. support. I don't know exactly what all their plans are, but, um, yeah, I'd love to see familiar faces. Do you that. like that, or does that make you more nervous if you've got people that you know well that are following you around in a tournament? Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love going to watch my friends play. I love when they come and support me. You know, we um, at Hot Springs Country Club, we have a really good group of high-level amateurs and and, um, like, just turn professionals yeah. out there. We play together every day and stuff. So we have a big group chat, always texting each other, good luck this week. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's really a great environment there to play. We all try to support each other as much as we can. Yeah. So. Well, that's a good place to learn, too. I mean, you got two courses that are vastly different, so it's a great yeah, uh, training absolutely. ground. And- 
plenty of narrow narrow holes and some tough pins, and it's a, it can be a very difficult place to play, especially uh, for guys like me. But for you, <laughs> maybe not as much. But it is a tough place, right? I mean, it's a good good training ground. Oh, for sure, for sure. The facilities are really good too. Um, like the uh, short game area uh, is really good out there, and having two courses um, that are really different. Uh, wherever you're going to play that week, you can prepare either on the Arlington or the park. It's mm-hmm. yeah, th- I love it there. So, what's the strength of your game? I'm a really good ball striker. Yeah, <laughs> I hit the driver well and uh, shape the ball pretty well. Okay. So, what's yeah. a good What's a good poke for you off the tee? Like 270. Okay. Yeah. That's good. It's <laughs> further than I hit it. That's, that's impressive. <laughs> Uh, we're talking to Grayson Blunt, if you're just tuning in again, the Women's All-Pro Tour gets underway. Did you play uh, Pro-Am, or are you playing this afternoon? I'm playing this afternoon. How do you like those? Is that a, is that a, Do you get anything done at all, or are you just trying to have a good time? You know, it's actually my first Pro-Am I've okay. ever played in, So, um, but I know Bunny Adcock really well, who yeah. I'm playing with this week, so I'm excited to play with him and yeah, his Bunny's team. Great. He's, I love him. So. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, he's awesome. Well, good. So, growing up, like, who were golfers you looked up to, play, people that you liked their game, men's or women's? Um, obviously, I love Tiger. I think he uh, has the best mindset out there mm-hmm. on the course. Um, so, I really admire that about him, and I try to um, be that focused and that clutch, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I really like Scotty Shuffler. I think he's an amazing guy, mm-hmm. and um, obviously, the quarters are amazing. And for um, female golfers, they've done so much for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, there's plenty of them out there. That's good. Those are, all, are. those are all good folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, emulating Tiger's toughness mentally would be would be good. And uh, something else. Last thing I want to ask you about is how do you balance grinding and trying to get better, but also giving yourself a proper amount of rest and not overdoing it? Um, well, it's definitely difficult, but I think one of the most important things to be able to do that is when you're at the golf course, you're grinding. You're at the golf course. When you're away from the golf course, you're completely unplugged. You're relaxing. You're hanging out with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, being from Hot Springs, I love going on the lake with my family and stuff. So it's just about it's about the balance of the extremes, if yeah. that makes sense. Sure, like absolutely. when you're in, you're in, and when you're out, you're out. Yeah, it's so, probably good for your mental health. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like taking the time to unplug and yeah. completely because it, it is a lot. So. Yeah. So you surf, you ski. What do you do at the lake? I love wake surfing. Yeah. yeah I uh, wakeboarded more as a kid, but now I'm like, I just don't want to fall, and it hurts. <laughs> so, <laughs> you got too much at stake. Now yeah. you got to take care of yourself, so yeah. you got to do whatever's low and impact. Now we surf all the time, and it's so chill and so fun. That's yeah, awesome. I love it. Well, good. Well, good luck this week. I appreciate you coming over thank and hanging so out a little bit. Yeah, yeah good to meet thank you. Thank you. You too. Cool. All right. That is uh, Grayson Blunt from Hot Springs playing here in the uh, WAPT, just her second event. And uh, we were talking about something that was really cool, too, and I, I thought it was really great. Um, I think we're coming up on the break here, but uh, just maybe a quick word on this is the, the host families. And this is a very unique environment here. This community obviously has rallied around this event, mm-hmm. and everybody's getting put up that wanted a spot to stay, right? Yeah, everyone who requested host housing for this event has gotten it, which is amazing. Um, the community here in Conway is so nice. They definitely have that southern hospitality. Um, yeah, I love it here. And, yeah, everyone's amazing. Like, it's so nice. They do so much for us. It's one of the biggest ways that we can save yeah. like, on this journey. For sure. So it's so – I don't even think the host families know how, like, thankful we are yeah. and how much they're really doing for us because week in and week out, like, the expenses build up. But it's just so nice to have, like, amazing people come around for a tournament. So – that's cool. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. Good, yeah. luck. Good luck to you. Thank you so much. All right, Grayson. Good job. Thanks. All right. We'll be back in a sec. And uh, next hour, we got the Red White Report. Pat Bradley will join us. We'll talk some hoops with him. A wrap-up of the Summer League. Cool opportunity for Michael Musselman, who was part of one of the organizations. And uh, they had a pretty darn good run. So we'll get into all that next hour in the zone. And we'll check in a little more from SEC Media Days as well. Rock out with the only American-style sushi experience. I want some rock and roll sushi. Founded on great food and rock and roll. Rock and roll? Rock and roll sushi. Deliciously twisted flavors and a rock and roll vibe that'll blow your mind. You're going to love our made-from-scratch hibachi menu. Chicken, shrimp, filet, or lobster with grilled vegetables and fried rice. Grilled to order VIP style. Rock and roll.